Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your workday, one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome in, folks. Uh, it's the 17th of May. We've hit Wednesday midweek, which means uh, Afternoons with Staffy is 12 till 3. Running it straight, we'll be coming at you from 3 to 4, Sammy and Kempi. Kempi coming in, Sammy. Kempi's coming in as well. Of course, it's bye week for the Warriors, so oh, I'll still talk about them as well. We've got a bit of league on the show today as well. Sort of about uh, quarter past two-ish. Uh, Tony Adams, more affectionately known as The Mole because he sniffs out all of the stories. We'll be talking Sean Johnson. I want to talk to him about the St. George Illawarra Dragons, Tommy Turbo, a number of different things. So we'll talk to Tony Adams about that. Uh, Mark Ferguson, wonderful, wonderful golf analyst, former top golfer himself and cricketer, in fact, and a former odds maker for about 20 years. He was like me. And I did rugby in the Southern Hemisphere. He did golf and cricket in the Northern Hemisphere. And he's brilliant at dissecting golf majors. So pencil that into your hat, champions. Um, that's probably just after two. We'll float that. I've pre-recorded it because he's over in the UK. And Kennedy Simon, Chiefs Manawa, loose forward, Black Fern, talking about the importance of mentorship or womentorship, which is great for young female rugby players. But we're kicking off with something a little bit different today. And uh, a little bit different, but very necessary for me. For people that were listening towards the end of the show yesterday, and of course we are mourning the uh, the shock uh, passing of Billy Guyton, and it wasn't so long ago, the shock passing of Sean Wainui and these young men uh, for various different reasons, um, making that ultimate sacrifice which just rocks our world. At the end of the show, towards the end of the show yesterday, I read a text. I've actually just tried to find it, but it gets archived once it's twenty. Um, once, once we've got so many messages in the log, and it basically said, and I can't quote it because I can't read it, but from memory, it was something like, "In the wake of the passing of a good rugby bloke, I find myself drinking myself to death." Something like that. And where can I get help? I was in the middle of an interview, and I had to throw to an ad break because it shocked me. I said at that time, I've got your phone number, I'm going to text you, let's stay in con- contact. That's pretty much what I did as soon as I left the show and I've been in contact with this very special listener to let him know he's not alone and I'll, I'm jumping in with him. I made phone calls, um, trying to figure out because I can only help people so far, I needed some professional advice. I reached out to a good mate of mine, very, very good mate of mine and we've helped each other a lot over the last three years. And I talked to him through it and he said, mate, 
I want to do something for this bloke and I want to do something because it's way more far-reaching than what we know and it's people who just can't find a way out. So a very, very dear, special friend of mine, Aaron, has bravely come in and he's going to talk to us for this first half hour. Now, I am aware that only half our stations are getting us today because the other half are on rural. We will podcast it. So if you're listening now and you think someone who's outside of the listenership right now, recommend that they go and listen to this podcast. It'll be valuable. It's real. If you met my mate Aaron, you'd have no idea. He's the, I was going to say life of the party, probably the wrong thing to say (laughs) as, but um, like, it's really hard to know where to start, mate. A big thank you for coming in. And you talked to me for an hour last night and you helped me so much to just say, bro, this is this is what's happening. Yeah, totally. I've just told you about that text message that came in. I didn't know how to react. You were really good for me last night talking through it. Where do we start? Wow, where do we start? I mean, <clears throat> Staffy, it's an absolute pleasure to be in here with you today, mate. And I, and I, and I say that meaningfully. You know, it is a pleasure to be here because, you know, I'm in a situation as you as you forementioned just earlier that you know I'm lucky enough to come through the other other side of you know sort of my battles and my demons and my mental health and things like that. So it is an absolute pleasure for me to be sitting here because uh, not unlike that text that got sent through to you earlier you know, yesterday, um, there's so many, so many people, so many of us, you know, battling a load of different things out there and in the New Zealand environment and where we, where we sit and what we're doing that that can't see a way through it, that, that you know, can't find that initial where to from here, what do I do, how do I, how do I beat these demons and, and, and work through some of these processes. So, yeah, it is a pleasure to be here, mate. So, initially, mm. when did it stop being fun and start becoming demons? Yeah, well, this is what I said to you last night on the, on the old blower, eh? I said, you know, sort of with my drinking, with my mental health and things like that, what, how it all evolved. I mean, in my 20s, it was fun, right? It was really good fun. Let's Let's not... Uh, disguise that, and then it sort of became fun with problems, right? It was just, it was, it was just a, a mix and mash, and you sort of find yourself in social situations that you went, oh, jeez, I wish I hadn't have done that, and then it just became problems, mate. Then it just became, you know, the internalization, the the inner critic in my head just saying, oh my god, you did that, you did this, you did this, X, Y, Z, you know, and 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 it's quite apt that we're sitting in a you know, sports environment here because with my mental health, um, I battled my mental health because we've got a family history of anxiety and depression, right? Um, and I battled my, my mental health but one of two ways, was either fitness or alcohol, and I was an absolute champion at both of them, right? Um, and about five years ago, you know, so as you can see me, I'm, I'm you know, I got surgery this Friday again, you know, that was, that was that's my brutality of my rugby career, which, uh, you know, if there wasn't 464 other blindside flankers in the country, I might have worn a black jersey. <laughs> but however, uh, about five years ago, I, I had to go to get my hips sorted out, right? So um, it was an arthroscopic surgery. The guy went in, did what he needed to do, came out the next morning and went, Oh geez, mate, that was like a that was like a cartilage graveyard in there. Sorry, mate, it, it I think it might have failed. Mm. And so I went home, bone on bone, for six months. Literally, could not do a thing. I couldn't put any weight on it. Couldn't do anything. So without my fitness, what do I do? Just crack into the piss. Yeah. Okay. That's what. That's how I got rid of my mental demons. That how, that's how I got rid of my overthinking. Right. 
And unfortunately for us Kiwi blokes and things like that, we we tend to overthink a lot. We we tend to take other people's opinions on board too much, you know. Um, there's all that sort of stuff. And and um, and what happened was, mate, over a period of time, I don't know when, but this is absolutely in the it's become a problem phase, was um, it just turned, I was like a hamster on a hamster wheel, you know. I'd, I'd, <clears throat> I'd go through a process of, you know, uh, uh, getting on the beers or getting on the wines or whatever it might be, just to get, just to numb, numb my head to the point where I could have two or three hours of just solitary sort of in my own space and not have these bloody thoughts going through and not have this bloody fear of shame, you know, sitting on my shoulders that was always constantly there. It's like the fight and flight scenario, constantly having that sick feeling in your stomach. The only thing that sort of really got rid of it was the old laughing soup, right? So, and then you'd, you'd, you'd finish the night, you'd have an argument with your wife, you'd have, you know, you've, you've said things to the kids, which is just really, you're just not you, not normal, this is, you, you are a completely different person, bear in mind when, you, when you're at this stage. Um, and then you wake up in the morning and, and you're sleeping in the spare room and, and, it's, and, and you're just full of remorse and God, what did I say last night and all that sort of carry on. And then you say to yourself, that's it. No more, no more. I'm going to bloody, I'm, I'm not drinking today. This is just, you know, sod this, bugger it. And then all of a sudden you, you, you find your car pulling into the local liquor land to go and pick up a six pack of whatever it might be, you know. And you're sitting there going, oh yeah, no, nah, she, she'll be all good. Um, and you move yourself back through that. You're still on that hamster wheel. You're moving yourself through that process where all of a sudden, 24 hours later, you're waking up the following morning in the spare room, had an argument, gone through that, you know, and you're feeling even more remorse. And it's just a, it's a cyclative, cyclative thing that you have to break yourself out of. It is just, yeah, it, it, and you honestly feel like you're the only guy in New Zealand or the world for that matter that's going through that. And if only you knew what I'm going through, you'd get me. 100%. Yeah. If you had my problems, you'd drink too. Mm. You know, if you had my stress levels, you'd drink too. If you had my anxiety, I spent, I would hate to think how many thousands of dollars on psychologists and psychiatrists going to them going, my anxiety's uh, bloody absolutely through the roof and I'm, and I'm depressed and I'm, you know, there were times where, you know, I'd be lying in bed in the spare room or whatever it might be, you know, uh, you just just leave me alone. You don't understand just pulling the sheets up and, you know, the the, 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 fan, the wife and the kids coming in and my brothers and things like that, trying out of total love and care. However, all I feel while I'm lying there and all I feel as as they're coming in going, hey, bro, you all good, man? All I'm thinking is, oh, you jolly guys just want to have a crack at me again for... You don't understand. You don't understand. Just leave me alone sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, I did. I spent so much bloody money on psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, trying to find that one psychologist that would say, yeah, you really do suffer from bad anxiety or depression and all this and blah, blah, blah. And I did find one or two of them. You'd sort of you'd work your myriad through a dozen different bloody psychologists until they found the one you liked, and you'd pay them 180 bucks an hour or whatever it was. However, Staff, you know I haven't. You know, you know I woke up about 18 months ago and sort of went, "This shit has to change. I have to change. I'm going to lose my sanity. I'm going to lose my wife. I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to lose my <clears throat> my house. I'm going to lose everything. You know, just for just for not." Taking a you know being a, an adult and taking responsibility. Now I told you last night you know that was eighteen months ago. Um, strangely enough, I haven't had any anxiety or depression in the last eighteen months. I, I, I 
quite, I haven't quite put my finger on why, <laughs> um, but I reckon I've got a fair crack of idea what, what, why it is. And it's, yeah, it's hard, man. It is really hard. It's, it's. You told me last yeah. night, and it really resonated with me, which you, we talked about a lot of things for the first time last night. We did, yeah. You told me you fell off the wagon a few times. You initially did it for your wife. Yeah. Fell off the wagon. Then you did it for the kids. Yeah. Fell off the wagon. You got kicked out of the house. You lived in a camping ground. I came and visited you up there, and you were just like, that's all good, mate. But you, what changed? What did you decide? What worked? I wanted to stop for me. Mm. For me. For my sanity. For my health. For my mental health. I couldn't. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, that was fundamentally it. You know, it's, it's not like... It's not like, um, you know, uh, how do I put it? I mean, like I say, it, 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 the sort of the anxiety, depression does run through a lot of my mates, a lot of my, you know, my, my, my brothers, all that sort of stuff. You know, I've got a lot of friends that are very fit, that do Ironmans, that do a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's 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 their medicine of sorts too. You take away their shoes and their bicycle for more than a week, and they go absolutely loopy tunes. Um, and I think in the environment where we are, we're we're all sort of we're in, over engaged into way too many things. But yeah, no, ultimately, mate, this last eighteen months has been a focus on me. Um, and when the you comes right, the marriage comes right, the dad comes right, the work comes to, right. The home comes right. I promise you, me getting well and doing what I'm doing has probably affected 50 people, mm. you know? And yet affected, you know, well, affected a smaller group early on because it was pretty close in that, you know? But honestly, man, I mean, um, it, it affects so many people that that, that you just don't realise. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. It's bloody great. But... We're going to take a quick break. Um, there's text messages coming in. I'm going to, I will read them out. If you want to send a text message in with a question or some advice or, or some experience or stuff like that, I will ask them of Aaron. I won't read your names, okay? So don't be, you know, uh, reluctant to send them in. I will keep it anonymous because I, I respect that. Um, this one here, which I'll leave you with, we won't answer it now. We'll go to a break. But this is the sort of thing that's coming in. This is exactly what I'm going through now. I spent money on psychologists, etc. My marriage is on tenterhooks and I don't know what to do. So hang fire, champion. We'll take a break and we'll come back. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Righto, we are back, team. Um... Let's just get through some text messages and I'll, and I'll chuck Aaron some more questions. Uh, thank you. You're speaking to me on a personal level. Stories like this give me hope. Hang in there. Make a change. We'll talk to Aaron more about this. Thanks for not reading my name. It's not my place to advertise my sister's struggles. My sister, almost 50, is having a tough time with mental health demons and I struggle to help. She lives on a farm in the middle of nowhere having grown up in a city. Couple that with her mind Overthinking everything's tough for her. On top of that, my wife and her don't get on, putting me and my mum in the middle. I'm sure she's not the only woman living rurally having problems. I'd love to help. I'm just not sure how while still supporting my wife. Yeah, struggles. Another one here. Great chat, lads. Question from me is, when you see your mate going down, drinking, betting, 
losing his laughter, losing his smile, how do you approach them, bring them back to the mateship? Great question there. Awesome question. That's fantastic. Let's address that one. Yeah, 100%. How do you approach your mate without threatening them? How do you do that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess it's not a, um, you're not going to threaten any friendships uh, because ultimately this fella's friend, I guarantee you, is sitting there thinking, you know, God, I'm drinking too much, crikey dicks, I'm gambling too much and things like that. What you approach him with isn't going to be a shock to him. Yeah. You know, he's just going to be more, I suppose, a little bit shamed to the point where he goes, oh, man, people are noticing, mm. you know, and, and internalise it a wee bit, you know. And um, yeah, uh, look, I you know I, I sort of my advice to you guys is to is to is to take him for a, you know even going to brunch somewhere and just go hey bro um, you know just on the quiet there's a few a few of us have noticed you, you know you okay and and yeah. of course he's always going to say you know I'm I'm totally fine you know we're we're we're, we're bulletproof and ten foot tall um, but just yeah just be there as support. And just say, you know, if you ever need me, I'm always here. Um, if you ever, you know, want to want me to sit with you at your GPs or, or anything like that, or a psychologist, I'll, I'll come along with you and things like that. Because that, that first step is huge. Yeah, that first step, whether you're whether you're going to go right, I'm going to go to a GP. I'm going to go to a psychologist. You're going you're to go to one of these support groups. Yep. The first step's the hardest, right? Ultimately, yeah. Nah, yeah, man, it is. The the first step and the first right step is putting your hand up to yourself, looking yourself in the mirror and going, yeah, I've got to change. I've got a problem. Change. Stuff's got to change. What flicked I, your switch? What, uh, what flicked your Because you had a few failures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my 16-year-old son, uh, uh, you know, walked into his room and his tears streaming down his face and he's in his bed. And um, and you're going to get me emotional here, Staffy, but um, uh, I, I jumped on the bed and gave him a big hug and just as he was sobbing, so I'm getting a bit emotional, as he was sobbing, he just says, I want Dad back. Mm. You know, and that from your 16-year-old boy. Um, whoa, it's brutally hard. It's brutal. And, and, and it wakes you up to the point of going, wow, stuff ultimately has to change. And, and, and because, you know, Look what's around you. Look at the, you know, yeah. yeah so can you tell me about mm, then, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about the the most recent 18 months. Let's go the five years before that. What yep. was the relationship like with your boy in the five years before that switch clicked? Um, I don't want to make it hard on you, but it's real. No, 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 it's real. And, mate, I guess I've always had an awesome relationship um, with my kids and, and my wife up until – um, and I can't put my finger on it um, when it went downhill pretty quick. Um, you know, and uh, it was it was brutally, brutally hard looking at you looking your kids in the eye and, and, and you could just see the disappointment, mate. You could just see the I mean, there's always unconditional love there, but just the disappointment. Mm. You know, you you letting them down. Letting them down. All right, talk you know? to me about the last 18 months, you and your boy. Epic. Totally epic. I mean, it's been a – I've been that dad that can that can um, uh, be present, you know, and, and coach rugby and do a lot of that stuff, which is fantastic and fine. 
But one of the funniest things I, I should I shouldn't have committed to it, but it's okay because Dad doesn't drink anymore. Um, you know, I'm I'm personal Uber, so uh, and that's totally fine. I mean, he's he's now 18 or about to turn 18, and so he goes to parties and things like that. And I, you know, I, I I'm fine with that. I just don't want them bloody uh, doing you know, getting a car that they shouldn't get in, whatever. So more often than not, sometimes at two o'clock on a, on a Sunday morning, I get a phone call as I. You dad, can you come and pick us up? It's like, uh, yeah, no worries, son. Where are you? Uh, it's like, Oh, my God. It's like the, the Uber won't come and get us. Yeah, you reckon? Um, but, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean. Could like, you have imagined how good it was going to be? No. No, not at all. Could I have imagined uh, getting onto a boxing ring and, and winning a title on December the 3rd? No. Um, could I have imagined a lot of the things that have happened in the last 18 months? Um, absolutely not. Um, there are things that I've done that are just, you know, would be humanly impossible sort of uh, two years ago when I was going through my deepest, deepest, darkest sort of spots and areas and things like that. Um, no, not at all. And um, you don't have to live under stealth anymore. No, no, You're not God hiding no. things. You're not... Oh, God, the lies, the deceits, the, all that sort of carry on, which, you know, if I spent uh, uh, if I spend half as amount of my time now, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, making the boat go faster, which is, you know, analogy from Grant Dalton, you know, I only, only do things that make me well and go faster. Um, if I spend my time now making the boat go faster, I only use 50% of the time as when I used to, mate, I'd do all sorts of crazy things to try and hide my piss drinking. Oh, you told me mm. seven days, seven different bottle stores. Yeah. So they didn't twig on to what you're up to. Yeah. You know, I didn't, you know, the, you'd, you'd go around different areas and things like that and you'd sort of, purely because I didn't want those individual owners of those countdowns or bottle stores or whatever, everything like that. Well, there's a fella over there with possibly a drinking problem. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, and it's just the internalisation that we think because... There's nothing wrong with going to the same bottle store however many times you want. But it's the internalisation of, of me going, you're a failure, you're a loser, you're a, all that sort of carry on that manifests itself and puts me on that hamster wheel that makes me think, oh, God, that guy, you know, he probably thinks that I've got a drinking problem, so I better, I better avoid that one and then go over to this, you know, drive, you know, 10Ks down the road and do whatever you need to do. I mean... You asked me about the realisation, Staffy, about, um, you know, with Jack and I want my dad back, all that sort of carry on. Um, you know, there's the, – the, within – this thing would have killed me, right, if I didn't sort my SHIT out. I can say shit on this radio station, can't you? Just did. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, you know, it's going to be – it's going to be – I'm going to wrap myself around a power pole – I'm going to have liver issues. You know, it's going to cut my life short somewhere along the lines. You know, I might live to my mid-60s and then pop my clogs and everyone will go, well, he, he, he died about 20 years too young, but geez, he was a fun fuller on the bears. You know, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I, I want to be remembered for, and I went to a really good mate of mine's funeral um, Ian, and the same age as me, um, he fell off his bicycle down in Cambridge. Just a beautiful man, banged his head. Long story short, I was standing there. It's just a really emotional funeral, and I was sitting there. You know, this was a little while ago. Thinking, what do I want to hear at my funeral? Yeah. I want to be into my eighties, going, Granddad was such a good old bugger, as opposed to, well, yeah, his, you know, his internal organs fell out the backside, and he's, you know, he's, you know, but he was a good fella on the beers. Nah, so yeah, I had to change. 
We'll take a quick break for new sport and weather. I said to Aaron we'd just go to 12.30. I just want to wrap it up for like three or four minutes after the news and then we'll resume normal programming. But this is important programming. Thanks for hanging on. We'll be back with Aaron after this. Right, just to wrap this up, thank you for sticking with us through this half hour. Uh, Judging by the amount of text message, it's resonating for a lot of people, and it might not be you directly, it might be you indirectly or something you're observing on the outside. Uh, I'm going to task uh, good mate Aaron with the task of maybe one or two or three, whatever you think the key message is now, because what this is resonating with, the people that this is resonating with are the people that have been through what you've been through come through the other side and mm. are endorsing it. Mm. The people that want to get to the other side. Mm. Give us, give us something. All right. Okay. Um, getting through the other side. <clears throat> Basically, it's 24 hours. All right. Just when you wake up today, I know it's bloody difficult, especially with, you know, a lot of things going on because it's a, it's, it's a thinking mental health issue, not so much of a drinking thing. The drinking thing is a self-medicating to keep going. Wake up tomorrow morning and go, I'm going to put my head down sober tonight. Just for one day. It's all you got to think for we no Thursday. Thursday, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna put my head down sober. It's all you're gonna commit to. And then you know, Friday, judge how you feel. Judge how you feel. You know, the other thing some you know smart people said to me was, um, uh, first drink. Uh, uh, sorry, it's the first drink that makes you drunk. Okay, I know that sounds a little bit weird, but. It's that it's the first one you you know at a social or party or whatever you pick up that's the one that screws you, that's the one that bloody you know puts you back into that hamster wheel. Oh mate, you ask dieters the first donut. Yeah, and you go, well, I've had one, I'll have five. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So just don't just don't pick up that. Another tip that I'm really you know and if, if, if like I'm I'm still got training wheels on, Steph. You know when it comes to this uh, yeah. this healthy living sobriety, you know fit. Uh, Adonis, you see here. Look I'm, at you. Oh, confused for Jason Mamar all the time. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I do have my training wheels on. Um, uh, where was I going with that? I can't quite remember. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just if, yeah, the, the 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 reach out to friends and family as well. I mean that that because because they won't shun you. No, no, there's no judgment. We think there's judgment. But, you know, I have beautiful brothers and beautiful parents and wife and children and things like that and friends. Well, I rang you I rang yeah. you last night and you said, how are you doing, mate? And I said, I'm struggling. You did. And you said, I'm coming round. And this was at 11 o'clock at night. And that's, I said, no, 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 you don't you need do. to come. And that's what you do. People appreciate being reached out to because that solidifies the friendship and how much you respect them in your life. Anyone can ring me at three in the morning and say I'm having a bit of a shit time. Mm. And I'll go... Righto, in my car, where are you? You know, whatever. Or just talk. Mm. Just talk amongst friends. Um, just just, just make a commitment to, um, you know, to be a better you, mm. a wee bit. Um, mm. One step, small step, commitment, and it's for you. It, it, it's for you first and foremost. It is for you. And you're saying don't commit to a lifetime of this and I'm going to do all of that. God, Steffi, you can't, just, mate. Just do Thursday. Just do Thursday. You know, I'm, well, I'm, I'm committed to today. You know, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, mm. um, but I'm going to wake up and do exactly the same thing again. And, um, you know, 
I can't commit. I, you know, I can't commit to um, uh, you know uh, 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 next month, next year, whatever. I'm just living today and, and loving today and loving today. And this is where I was getting at just earlier. I remember what I was going to say. If you are going out to a social function and things like that, and you're going, oh, geez, I really don't want to. Just have an exit strategy. Talk to your partner. Go, hey, hey, babe, listen. Uh, if I give you a little nod, uh, we're going to get out of here. You know, because that's what I. You can, do that now. I do that now. I can only tolerate to a certain point. Because then the laughing soup and the bullshit and the jibber jabber goes on, and I'm like, I'm out of here, and and that's awesome because um, because it's just I'll let everyone party on and do what they want to do, and I'll wake up refreshed the next morning. But yeah, I have a I have a clear and defined exit strategy everywhere I go. If it's a wedding or something like that, I go and say good day to the the, the the bride and groom and and just go good day, you know, make make sure you make yourself known, and then you shoot off. By the the next morning, everyone's like, oh yeah, I saw Aaron there here, no. Well, did he leave early? I'm not sure. You know, no one knows. No, no one, one knows. cares. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm, I'm a past master of that. As we got to, we got to wrap it up. Um, so, clo- a massive thank you uh, f- on behalf of the listeners and from me. Um, I got so much respect for you, so much love for you, bro. Okay, um, boy, going both ways, bro. Thank you. And Gil. and 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 also, mate, you've got my number. If anybody's really you know struggling out there and just wants to have a chin wag with me, I'll um I'll happily go and have a coffee, man. That's what it's all about. There we go. There we go. We'll take a break. On the other side, Kennedy Simon, uh, Chiefs Manoa and uh, Blackfern on her mentorship. Big thank you to Aaron. We'll be back.